It's called Retirement Income Replacement Rate. On today's show, we'll take a look at just what that is and how, with proper planning, you can achieve it in your retirement and income plan. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Dooley. Welcome to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies with our over 20 years of experience. And in studio, we have uh, Sam Dool and Luke Van Abel uh, this week. And uh, we welcome you gentlemen in here. And remember, it's all about the retirement lifestyle review that they can provide for you at no cost, no obligation, anywhere in the Fox Valley. The snowy uh, Fox Valley, I'm sure. Uh, well, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I know my son lives near Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they got about 12 to 18 inches of snow. So, uh, I yeah, hope we don't have that, but I very uh, hopefully you'll fare a little bit better. But of course, uh, this weekend you're getting it, so uh, making sure you have enough socked away, and I don't mean snow, we mean uh, dough uh, socked away for retirement. That's not an easy task, and there's really no right answer. But just remember the six P's, uh, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later on. Uh, by using a retirement income replacement rate, it can help you achieve your retirement goals. So uh, both Sam and Luke are going to talk about the uh, common questions that are asked. And Sam, the number one thing is, as you're approaching retirement, uh, what is your retirement income replacement rate? And uh, I think it, the once upon a time when the market was a little better, uh, it wasn't much of a worry, but it might be now to some retirees getting set to uh, hang them up. Yeah, that uh, retirement income replacement rate, it's just, it's, it's the percentage of your pre-tax income that you'll need to save in order to afford retirement at your current rate of lifestyle spending. So the retirement income replacement rate even comes into play while you're still working. And I would I would venture to guess that most all of you probably have that calculator on your uh, 401k webpage that shows you, okay, how much do you spend now and how much are you saving, so on and so forth. And then they will give you an estimate of how much you will need to have at retirement. So that would be the beginning of calculating a retirement income replacement rate. Okay, so Luke, let's uh, amplify on that a little bit. Uh, so what is that standard number uh, for the income replacement rate in, in most cases? Yeah, so when we're talking about the standard income replacement rate, we're talking about what amount of money many of the talking heads will talk about a certain percentage of money that you need to replace of your working income. Um, it's common to see numbers between 70 and 90% to help support your lifestyle. Now, this depends on a lot of different factors and sometimes it's really challenging to just think in terms of this broad 70 to 90 percent well the reason we talk about a rate or an amount that's lower than a hundred percent of your income is that for a for those of you that have stewarded your money well over the years you've regularly made contributions to your retirement accounts probably not going to be making the same contributions to retirement accounts once you're retired. Um, and in most cases, you can't do that. So that's a piece of the puzzle that's going to go away. Um, you also may see a reduction in your spending. Um, you know, certain things like, you know, gas might go down. You might have a decrease in, in clothing for work or things like that. Now, there are some other costs that may tick up that you want to account for too, like health care, like you know, those discretionary wants and needs, those goals that you've worked for for all these years. Um, but you kind of want to, our approach is not this percentage per se. It's what do you need to live? Start making a calculation on what you think you're going to need to live every month. Um, 
And I realize that can be challenging, but use those credit card statements, use those um, bank statements to get a better idea of where you think you'll land on a monthly basis. Yeah, because we tend to talk in terms of percentages and everybody right. does. It's mm-hmm. just, it's the standard to go to. But in reality, when we're talking about uh, retirement income replacement rates, you need to be thinking of it in terms of dollars. How right. many dollars do you spend? And be realistic with yourself. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, so let's talk about those five factors that determine uh, your income replacement rate because uh, in order to determine this, uh, I guess you might suggest that you start by looking at five factors that will have the greatest impact on your retirement needs. So let's outline those. Sam, I guess this is uh, very, very uh, common sense. It's how much you earn uh, that uh, at this stage of your life that will give you an idea of how much you'll need in retirement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because most people will tailor their current lifestyle to what their current earnings are. So it's uh, it's although we live in an area here in the Fox Valley where it seems like people are are pretty conservative fiscally uh, in a lot of different ways, uh, especially when it comes to retirement spending. So we do find that even people that have higher paying jobs, whether it be, uh, you know, upper level blue collar, white collar, professionals, doctors, whatever the case might be, um, there's still a considerable level of savings. But how much you earn usually dictates how much you spend. All right. And I guess uh, the other part of that, Luke, is how much you save. Yeah. How much you've saved um, during those working years is going to have a big impact on, you know, what you're going to have later on. And, you know, like kind of to piggyback off of what Sam's talking about with the amount you've earned. I mean, so many people here in the Fox Valley, here in Northeast Wisconsin, I mean, you've lived well below your means. You've made those regular contributions to your retirement accounts. So that's going to help make a big um jump in the amount of income that you'll be able to have in retirement. All right. If you've got any questions about any of this, it's 866-203-7486. That's where you'll get that retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation from uh, dual financial strategies. So of the five things that we must consider, Sam, number three is the obvious one. Uh, You can't do anything until you retire. So you've got to decide when you're going to retire. Yeah, for sure. And Typically, the earlier you retire, obviously over a lifetime, the more money that you're going to spend. But the earlier you retire, you tend to be more active as well. So people that retire early, let's say you're talking about retiring in your mid-50s, mid to late 50s. Well, not only are you going to add probably seven plus years to your retirement, you're probably also going to be a little bit more of a heavy spend on the front side of that. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, a lot of people say they hate their jobs, they want to retire as soon as possible, but they don't understand the ramifications of that Uh, Healthcare, especially if you try to decide to quit before uh, 65, has anybody told you that you're going to have to pay for your own health care, right? Yeah, for sure. You have to plan for that. And we do find that we're doing more and more planning for that when people come in that are leaving before 65, that you're leaving at 60, 61, 62. Well, then we've got to build a bridge there. We have to have enough income to uh, have you be able to afford health care. And if you're if you live on, uh, you know, a lower amount of money. A lot of times you can build that bridge uh, and span it quite nicely using uh, Affordable Care Act subsidies. But if you're above what those subsidies will allow, uh, then yes, that has to be a part of your budget. And it's going to be a big number. I mean, you need to figure a couple of thousand dollars a month, probably, at Mm -hmm. least. Yeah. All right. How about taxes? We can't get away from them, Luke. So uh, what your tax rate's going to be has to be taken into consideration, too, when you are looking for what you need every month when you are retired. Right. Taxes aren't going away. Uh, it's, it might be a little bit different. Um, 
the vast majority of you need to plan for tax your taxes being higher than they are, which is counter to what many will say. Um, now, some of you, depending on what you've got saved in your retirement accounts, you know, you might be in the same bracket or a lower bracket if they don't change tax rates because, you know, some of those payroll and FICA taxes go away. But the reason you could see that ultimate tax burden go up in retirement is because there's other taxes that aren't going away. Um, your your federal income taxes, your state income taxes, Social Security is going to be taxable to the federal, any pension income, all those funds you've saved in those 401ks and IRAs, that income is all going to be taxable. Even that municipal bond interest that you were told you'll never pay any taxes on, that all has to be included in the calculation for determining how much of your Social Security is going to be tax. So you have to really take a close look at your tax rate and don't just assume that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. You have to plan for the taxes as well. And the fifth and final factor, Sam, to determine uh, your replacement income rate in retirement is uh, figuring what percentage of it is going to be Social Security and how much you're going to get and what it'll cover, right? Yeah. And Social Security for most people, does not cover all of it. Uh, it'll cover some percentage of it, but basically what they do with Social Security is they look at your highest 35 years of earnings pre-retirement, uh, and that's what your Social Security is based off of. It's a formula that they go through that. Um, so how much you earn, and then, of course, what age you choose to start receiving your benefits. You can start receiving it at 62, and then you can delay that as long as age 70. All right, so retirement planning boils down to knowing what you'll uh, have to have for, for disposable income, how to supplement it, and this is where you come in, right, Sam, to help people discern that. This is the calculations that are the building blocks, the foundation, if you will, of retirement planning. So typically when most of you come in, you're either right at the door or you're probably within a couple of years. So yes, we start looking at what's going to be your replacement rate. How much money are you going to need in retirement? And then we look at that and say, well, okay, how much are you going to need relative to how much you've saved? How much of that will be covered by guaranteed income like social security, like pensions and things like that. And then we call that your income gap. How much of a gap do you have? How much are we going to need to rely on your savings? But yes, that's what the retirement lifestyle review is based off of. It's based on getting to know you as an individual, not as some sort of a cookie cutter approach, not as a part of a group. It's who are you as a person or as a couple and what do you want to do and then tailoring to your expectations and your dreams rather than tailoring to an agenda, which is all too common today. All right. It's very easy to reach Sam or Luke uh, and Andy for that matter as well to do financial strategies. All you have to do to make that uh, phone call uh, for the uh, retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation is to give them a call at 866-203-7486. Anywhere from Green Bay to Appleton, anywhere in the Fox Valley, uh, they've got the offices in Green Bay and Appleton. It, it is 866-203-7486. Remember, 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Dual financial strategies with uh, well over 20 years of experience uh, to help you to and through retirement as fiduciaries who have your best interest in mind. What's coming up next, Sam? Tax day. Tax day is what's coming up, and it's going to be here before you know it. So when we come back, we're going to discuss how saving for retirement could help reduce your tax bill today. That and more coming right up.
Dual Financial Strategies is the place. I'm Chuck Caton every week on Your Retirement with Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel in studio this week uh, for Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, and uh, remember, it's all about your retirement. It's individual to you. 866-203-7486 is the number. In case you missed it before the break, uh, to get that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review. It's never too late, but it is tax time. Less than four months away now, the IRS is going to have to wait a little longer for your money because saving for retirement could qualify you for a lot of, uh, well, several different kinds of tax breaks, at least in Sam and uh, uh, Luke are going to go over this now. So let's take a look at some of these saving strategies that could reduce your tax bill come April of 2023. And one of them is a very simple one. We've been talking about this a long time, Sam, and that is contributing to an IRA. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the first things that people usually think about, either a traditional IRA uh, or 401k or whatever. But yeah, contributing to an IRA. So if we look forward in 2023, now I'm talking about tax year 2023. Remember, as you're listening to this program here, we're at the the very end of the year, we're closing it out. Um, You would be subject to 2022 tax rates. All right. So right now, if you open an IRA, you have until next April to fund that IRA, okay? And you could contribute, if you're under the age of 50, you could contribute up to $6,000 to it. If you're over the age of 50, you could contribute up to $7,000 to it. But now for 2023, so when we roll into next year, we're talking about tax year 2023, contributing to an IRA next year, you can put $6,500 into it as a base, and it jumps to $7,500 if you are over age 50. Okay, so that's a good way to look at it. And again, it's depending on when you want it and when you want to designate that year. Now, if you do it in calendar 2023, you're saying that you have until April 15th to still make it a 2022 contribution. So it's your choice. That's uh, correct. In that way. All right, Luke, what about increasing your 401k withholding? That's another way uh, that uh, you can defer uh, taxes right now for the coming year. You absolutely can. So in addition to what Sam was just talking about and contributing to those IRAs and maximizing those dollar amounts, you can also log into your portal through your 401k company and bump up the contributions there to new limits. You can do both of those. For 2023 tax year, you'll be able to contribute up to $22,500 into your 401k if you're under the age of 50. If you're over the age of 50, they give you a catch-up provision where you can contribute an additional $7,500, which is essentially a total of $30,000 that an individual can make into their 401k. Um, Keep in mind that you're not capped out at a certain percentage of your income. You're capped out at the dollar amount that you put into that 401k plan. Now, for a number of years, Sam, when I was working uh, full-time, I opened a spousal IRA for my wife. Now, she was a homemaker. She uh, really never worked, but don't tell her because it was a lot of work to raise three boys in the (laughs) earlier days. But uh, over the last several years, uh, 12 or 15, uh, we opened a spousal IRA and got that little bit of a tax break, right? Let's talk about that. Yeah, you can have two individual IRAs. And that spousal IRA concept is specifically designed for the spouse that may not be working outside the home. Um, or they may just be at a different pay level. So as long as your combined income allows you to make the contribution, because you have to have earned income in order to put money into an IRA. And earned income means you have a job. Either you get a, a, a 1099 
because you're self-employed or you're an independent contractor or you get a W-2 because you're working for a company. But the the uh, the spouse can open a, uh, an IRA for their other spouse and they can contribute to it just exactly like they would. And if you're doing that this year, then, of course, it's uh, it's. Uh, Six six thousand dollars a piece if you're under age fifty, seven thousand if you're over, and then again for two thousand and twenty three, both of those go up five hundred dollars. So yes, you can have an IRA for your spouse even if they don't work. All right, what about Luke uh, saving in a Roth IRA if applicable? Right. So uh, while the contributions to your Roth IRA won't get you an immediate tax break like they will for the IRA and the four hundred one k plans, uh, this can be a great way to. Um, kind of pay some of the taxes now in in what might be a lower environment depending on what you how you feel about the current tax brackets and realize later on down the road that you can pull all that money out tax free so it's quite the opposite of the IRA and the traditional 401k plans you do in order to take those withdrawals from those plans have to be 59 and a half years old and that account has to be open for at least five years. Otherwise, you can't take out the earnings on that account. So there are many good reasons to consider paying the taxes now and benefiting from tax-free income later on. We're talking to Sam Dool and uh, Luke Van Abel here on uh, Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program about uh, saving in different ways uh, for retirement and uh, including a tax break or two. And uh, Sam, uh, what about uh, people who are afforded through work a Roth 401k as opposed to the Roth IRA? We highly recommend if you have the opportunity to put money into a Roth 401k. Um, now, the one thing that you want to do is check with your employer, first of all, to see if you have a Roth 401k. It's becoming more uh, more and more common these days. But also find out what is the percentage of match that you receive. Most employers, when they give you your 401k match, that's going to go into your traditional 401k. So we would typically say, make sure you're contributing so that you get the max amount of match. And if you're contributing more than what the employer is going to match, then you likely want to slide that over to a Roth 401k. But your employer will have the details for you on what's available to you inside of your plan. Absolutely. So again, there are uh, limitations, of course, uh, based on your income and uh, the limitations, just like a regular IRA, of what you can put in yearly, right? Yes, there's there's maximum uh, contribution limits on how much you can put in. There's also maximum uh, earnings limits on being able to contribute to an IRA. Right, yeah. Now, that's the one thing that I know years ago, I wish, well, it was a double-edged sword. I was making pretty good money, but I was unable to put money into a Roth uh, after several years. But uh, we're trying to catch up with it now. And here's another thing that we do, uh, and uh, it's one of those things that uh, a lot of people must consider, especially later, uh, maybe even before, Luke, that you consider uh, having to pay uh, required minimum distributions, and that is maybe initiating an IRA conversion. I know in my case right now, uh, I'm taking the money that uh, uh, my wife, that we contributed to her IRA, and we're converting it over in 2023 to, uh, uh, well, an IRA conversion to a Roth. And mm-hmm. the reason we're doing that is we want to pay these lower taxes now that you alluded to earlier. And that's Absolutely. another thing that uh, a strategy that people should use, especially if they're c- coming close to that RMD age of 72. 
Yeah, if you're getting close to that age or even long before. Yeah. I mean, you might be thinking and wishing at this time that more of your money wasn't in those traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. And you might be thinking, well, gosh, if I'm just putting six or seven thousand dollars a year into a Roth IRA well that's going to take a long time to get that bucket to be as significant as maybe that other bucket of money that you're going to get taxed on yeah so initiating this IRA conversion is essentially taking money from your traditional IRA account any money that flows out is going to be taxable but if we can do this in a lower tax situation everybody's situation is a little bit different so you're going to have to talk with somebody competent to plan through this. This is what we do with families. But you might be able to maybe not reduce your tax burden this year, but reduce your lifetime tax bill. So when we look at the amount of taxes you're going to pay over your retirement years, we might be able to pull that back some by paying the t- some of the taxes today. Um, like, for example, let's say you're in a 22 or 24% bracket um, in retirement but right now you can convert that at 12 or at a lower level well that's some pretty significant tax savings that you're going to see over a long period of time over a large sum of money um so you may want to consider converting money absolutely all right and sam as we wrap it up uh, if you're going to get a tax refund next year why don't you put that into retirement savings right yeah you can do that you can uh, you can deposit uh some or all of your tax refund, depending upon how much uh, you get, uh, right into an IRA. That's uh, IRS Form 8888. So Form 8888. Uh, So you can either use your refund this year to reduce next year's tax burden if you want to, uh, or your current tax bill, uh, as long as you're meeting the uh, IRA contribution deadlines. All right, so uh, when people get confused about uh, how to save in retirement uh, from the tax man with all these ideas and they're approaching retirement in that red zone, what can you do for them? Well, sit down and take a look at what your specific situation is. As, as you probably start to gather as you listen to us on the show and even just what we talked about in this segment, um, retiring is not simple. There's nothing simple about it. It's not like just one day you you know, you know hand in your name badge uh, and go riding off into the sunset with your gold watch and your pension like you used to. That's Those days are long gone, never to return. It takes a lot of planning. And folks, you've got to understand that when you retire – most of the things that you're doing and even your thought process is about 180 degrees polar opposite of what you're doing right now so it's a totally different experience it takes a totally different skill set it takes a totally different mindset to be good at this and retirement is what we do it's been our focus for over two decades now so we know and understand retirement we know and understand all of the intricacies of retirement and most of all because we work with so many of you in the Fox Valley, we know and understand you. So why don't you come in and get to know us? Let's get to know you. And let's find out if dual financial strategies would be a good fit for you to get you to and through retirement. All right. And it's a a real safe bet to uh, call 866-203-7486 and get that no cost, no obligation retirement lifestyle review. Uh, Remember that Sam Duell has also penned a book, Purpose Determines Placements, in its second printing. And he'll give you a free copy of that as well, because that's uh, really the crux of what we're talking about. 
Uh, what's the purpose of the money, and where are you placing it to maximize your retirement portfolio? It's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And then uh, uh, the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies will help you out. All right, what's happening in the next segment, Sam? Well, to work or not to work in retirement. When we come back, we'll tackle some questions that you can ask yourself regarding whether you want to work in retirement. We're back on Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program with Williams Shakespeare Dual. He just said, There you go. <laughs> to work or not to work, that is the question. Uh, Sam Dual is in there seriously, along with Luke Van Abel this week, Andy Schooler on assignment. Uh, here on your retirement, I'm Chuck Caton. Uh, happy to be with them every single week. And season's greetings to all of you as well, listening to this program. And a percentage of you who work uh, in retirement uh, has uh, risen over the years. Maybe there's more of you that are past 60. In fact, in uh, 2026, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistic estimates that a whopping 30% of you, 65 to 74, will be in the labor force, uh, markedly from just 18% in 1996. I, are you surprised to see that, Sam? Because uh, uh, before I get to your first question, uh, it seems to me that uh, older people, of which I am one, do want to continue to work. I don't know if this is a fountain of youth thing, a psychological thing, or really a practical thing. No, I, we see that trend, and, and we have really seen that trend uh, of increasing here in the last number of years. I think it's just a, I think it's just a personal choice. We don't have... You know, we don't have very many people that are working because they need to work. They're working to fill their time or, you know, just fulfill themselves psychologically. Um, a lot of times a comment we'll get is that uh, you just want to feel like you're still a contributing member of society. So, mm -hmm. uh, and boy, I got to say that the... The opportunity for working when you're in retirement has never been better in our lifetimes than it is right now. Yeah, that's true. So the question number one that we have for you is, does, does your employer right now, as you're approaching retirement, offer a phased retirement program? What's that all about? Yeah, this is something we'll always ask you is, do, do you have the opportunity within your own company to just cut back on what you're doing or phase out? There's some companies around here that will call that like a sunset program, where instead of working full time, they will pull you back to part time uh, or just take another position. There's multiple companies that do this. And, and I will tell you, it, uh, again, because of the type of labor market that we're running in today's world, um, if you want to nudge towards retirement but you like what you do you enjoy where you're at you enjoy your work um there aren't a lot of places that i've ran into here lately that won't gladly structure you even a phased out retire a phased retirement program just to keep your knowledge and your um you know your years of service and your years of knowledge within the company as long as they can yeah, that's true, and especially they can get you at a lower cost, and that it, it works with you. It's it's almost well, it's a lot better than hiring an inexperienced person for the same uh, rate, right? Oh, I mean, for sure, yeah. absolutely. All right, Luke. Uh, I guess another question people have to ask themselves is, uh, what are your income goals? Why are you going to even work in uh, at a retirement age? So what uh, uh, what's the reason that you want to uh, to keep working? Right. And for many people, I mean, they want to maximize that income number. I mean, they're 
there's still things that they want to enjoy. There's, you know, discretionary, you know, RV. I mean, there's all sorts of different things or hobbies that you can take part in. And they'd like to just be able to continue to maximize that income. So that's another reason people continue to work. Um, But what I recommend, we recommend is, you know, finding, looking for work that somehow is connected to your old career. I mean, you've built skill sets, you've built an expertise in that industry. And if you can leverage that and use that, um, whether that's on your own, whether that's doing consulting work. I mean, talk about um, just a great way to make some additional money, uh, working maybe less hours and making more. Um, I mean, all the time I sit down with people and they're like, I'm not sure if, you know, I could do that or if the company would keep me on. You're in the driver's seat, folks. For sure. You know, don't don't underestimate those skill sets. If you're looking to still work, you're interested in it, um, and you want to maximize that income, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the unfortunate thing for me is I used to be a top uh, 40 uh, disc jockey way back about 45, 50 years ago, and there's no top 40 radio anymore. So no. I'm doing retirement shows with you and enjoying every minute of it. How's that? All <laughs> right. Uh, beyond- you're top 40 in our book, Chuck. Well, there thanks very much, guys. You, <laughs> you are terrific. Uh, of course, uh, Sam, uh, beyond earning an income, uh, why do you want to work in retirement? A lot of people say, I want to work, but I don't know why I want to work. You really have to assess that in order to enjoy that time. Well, that comes in just about everything I think we do in life. We have to we have to figure out why. Why are we going to do this? What's the reasoning behind doing this? So, um, as we said before, there could be a myriad of reasons that you might want to work in retirement, whether it's just uh, social time, it's uh, maintaining uh, a feeling that you're contributing to society, uh, it's extra money, whatever the case might be. But I would suggest that if you examine why you want to work, that can go a long ways towards helping you make a decision on what you would do. And the other question, of course, Chuck, which is the reason why we do so many calculations, do you need to work? There's a mm-hmm. difference between needing to do something and wanting to do something. So that's a big question. Too. Yeah, I think that most people, when we're, they're listening to this segment of the show, uh, as you say, uh, probably want to work because they want to have that purpose. They want to keep young. They want to, uh, you know, as long as they're not straining themselves and doing a job that they, uh, that a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old would do, you know, physical labor or something, uh, it's good to keep your mind stimulated. And so uh, that begs the question next, Luke, uh, what's on your chucket list? We've heard about bucket lists, uh, but this is my list. I'm the chucket of the chucket list. And so uh, have you ever written a chucket list, things that you maybe uh, are not interested in doing in retirement? Yeah, this is one. This is one that you don't hear about often. I mean, we're the Chuck it list. This is highlighting different things from your job, from the business you were a part of that you are excited to leave behind. I mean, some of these things could be like, you know, a long commute, you know, office politics, unrealistic goals from the company. I mean, the list could just go on and on here, but you know, it might be helpful to start thinking about what are the things that you're you're kind of looking forward to leaving behind and in this context of you know discussing working in retirement and you know first first and foremost folks find out if you need to work you know because your decision on what you do if you are going to work in retirement might be altogether different if someone comes in and says if you want to work do it because you want to then you can go out and get that fun job where hopefully none of the things on this chuck it list 
are involved with that and you can just go in enjoy your time help people and maybe make a little money along the way yeah i know i noticed a lot of people recently uh, ever since i've been doing these shows with you guys uh that i've seen going into some fast food places the uh, older people just want to be around people and they're very friendly they're people uh, persons to begin with and they just enjoy doing some of the things that you would think uh, a teenager would do at a, in a fast food restaurant and that is engaging with the customer and just having a smile on their face so mm-hmm. uh, you know and there's a flexibility there and Sam what type of job flexibility do you seek in semi-retirement I think that's one of the areas uh, we have a um, uh, a franchise called Chick-fil-A uh, in North Carolina and all over well, it's going all over the country sure. now. All over here, too. Yeah, and the bottom line is that's a very enjoyable place, for one, to work. And I see a lot of uh, people who are retirement age working in there, uh, along along with your great uh, franchise, Culver's, which has just hit North Carolina in the last couple of years. I've loved that place because I liked Happy Days. Remember, the original place was down in Milwaukee near yep. County Stadium uh, that the uh, TV show was uh, uh formed after uh, but job flexibility and what do you seek in semi-retirement you got to be happy doing it and that's the big thing is um, what kind of flexibility do you want because you have to think about it well I'm probably going to be in a part-time job here uh, so am I okay with the preset schedule you know most part-time jobs are going to ask you to do a preset schedule uh, and and when would I want the schedule do I want mornings afternoons evenings uh, what about your summaries or your holiday weeks you know, obviously retail, uh, food service, all of those sorts of things. Uh, we're not taking off holidays and summers in most cases. So uh, if that's the case, you might want to consider working for a school or a college that might offer that type of a schedule. Um, do you need to be help home to help take care of a loved one? That's a big question for you. Uh, if that's the case, uh, boy, there are so many work from home jobs today. The, 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 the access to jobs that you can do uh, without ever leaving your house is uh, is amazing today and there might be luke a small percentage of people that were entrepreneurs who still want to start their own business at the in that or their advanced age so i guess you have to ask yourself what's your appetite for risk in that situation Right. I mean, we often talk about risk with the investments, but we're not talking about that here. We're talking about what's your appetite for risk after your working career. Uh, maybe you've got aspirations of starting that business, um, but does it does it fit within your risk tolerance level? Does it fit with the level of stress that you're looking for? Um, all great questions to ask yourself. And also, how much would it cost to start that business? Can, can the savings that you have, can the investments that you have support that? Is this... Is this realistic or are you just looking for something a few hours a week where you can kind of punch in, punch out, help people make a little bit of money? You kind of have to determine what's your overall risk appetite for this employment situation that you might put yourself in. Absolutely. So, Sam, there's no risk talking to you about this, right? No, anything you do when you come in and talk with us is just going to be informational, really. Uh, One of the first questions that all of you typically ask us is, can I retire? And... No, although in a first meeting, you can't get absolute certainty on that. We can give you a pretty good idea if you're close. Uh, So really what we're doing is, is kind of helping you start framing your thinking towards retirement and towards what do I need to do between now and then, whatever that date in the future is that equals then. What do I need to be doing? How do I need to be preparing? What sorts of things do I have to start thinking about? 
Do I need to make changes in contributions? Do, when am I going to start Social Security? Um, I have a pension available to me. Do I take that in a monthly income or do I take that as a lump sum? So many different questions that you're going to have uh, that surround these topics. Uh, so you need to just sit down and start assembling those thoughts. And the best way to do that is to sit down with us. We've done this with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people before you. We've been here for over 20 years. Retirement is what we do. So come in and take advantage of the experience that we have, of the knowledge that we have. It'll take you about an hour or so of your time and either a trip to Appleton or Green Bay. No pressure, no obligation absolutely under no circumstances no sales pitch no product brochures none of that sort of nonsense is going to occur in a first meeting with us it's just you getting to know us and us getting to know you all right it's 866-203-7486 to make that no cost no obligation appointment with sam uh, here at dual financial strategies 866-203-7486 well it's question and answer time coming up next isn't it yeah, and you know, we've got some challenging questions from listeners today, but uh, we, we think we've done our research and we've got some answers for you right after this. And we are on your retirement and we're on your schedule. Season's greetings, everyone. I'm Chuck Caton along with Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel in studio here for Duell Financial Strategies on your retirement. And we're glad you're listening to us anywhere in the Fox Valley uh, here on this holiday weekend. It is 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Uh, don't make this a New Year's resolution that you don't uh, follow through on. Make sure you want to uh, talk retirement uh, or get a second opinion on your retirement from Dual Financial Strategies. All right, Sam, ready to go with all the questions? Yeah, ready to roll. We're going to go to Swamico first. Uh, Drew is there, and he's 67. He just retired. He's wondering if it would be uh, easier to have a monthly withdrawal or a yearly withdrawal from a thrift savings plan, that TSP account. Uh, he was thinking that a yearly withdrawal would use uh, less shares compared to a monthly withdrawal, but is there any advantage choosing one way of withdrawing over the other? Hi, Drew. No, I, Drew, I really wouldn't say that there is a definable advantage going one way or the other. Really, uh, your your distribution schedule, your withdrawal schedule, uh, you know, you're turning that into a paycheck, basically. that's That now becomes your monthly paycheck. So uh, how good are you at budgeting money? Um, what's the best opportunity for growth? So if you let's just say you're going to take a distribution once a year. Well, are you better off taking that distribution and putting it into the bank somewhere? Uh, would you earn a better rate of return there as you just slowly siphon off the proceeds that you need? Uh, or is that better staying inside of the plan? Um, and then the other one, which I think is even more important than the earning potential of it, uh, would be what is your spending lifestyle like? Are you used to having money coming into a bank every month? Are you used to doing those types of things? Which most people are. Most people have uh, you know, spent their entire life on a monthly budget. Uh, I've, I wrote an article at one point in time, I think it was for Money, uh, Online Money Magazine, uh, that you should, re you should uh, structure your retirement in 30-day segments because everyone is used to 30-day segments. You paid your home mortgage every month. You paid your car uh, payments every month. Your utility bills are every month. I mean, most all of the things that you do that involve an outflow of cash have always been done on a monthly basis. So we do find that when people go into retirement, in most cases, a monthly withdrawal fits what you're already doing. 
All right, let's go to Oshkosh now. Luke, there's a question from Jan for you. Uh, she says, I rolled an employer simple IRA into a traditional IRA with a big company, and I was thinking uh, I might put half into CDs, but I didn't know what to do with the remainder of it. So are CDs, number one, a good way to, to go now, give her the rates? Uh, or if not, uh, do you have any other suggestions? Hi, Jan. Thanks for writing in. Um, well, I've got questions for you. Um, out of the gate, I mean, you know, what's, I mean, sound like you're thinking about retirement, but I don't know your age, kind of your expense situation, marital status, you know, is this all need to be long-term money, short-term money, a lot of different factors there, but can maybe speak generally to, you know, CDs providing more interest now than they have in the last 12 years. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, still, not quite keeping up with inflation, but if you're just looking for a safe place to park some money, it can be an okay option. There are um, other tools that are very much like CDs in the sense that they provide a guaranteed rate of return for a fixed period of time and something called a fixed annuity. Um, CDs are often measured in months. Fixed annuities might be measured in in two, three year increments, but we're seeing rates in that world um, that are far and away above what CD rates would be. So not uncommon to see rates above four and a half percent as of late 2022 going into 2023. So if you just want a place for a portion of the money to land where you know you're going to have a known known, a guaranteed amount of interest, that could be a fantastic place. That could be a good option for you. Um, depending on your other goals for the funds. All right, let's go to Paul in Grand Chute. Uh, Sam, uh, Paul wants to know uh, if uh, long-term care insurance is worth it, or should I put the money that I was going to designate there uh, in the way of personal investments? Uh, any advice there? Well, Paul, the, the number one question with long-term care or any sort of an alternative to it is do you qualify for it? Because you do have to qualify for these types of things. Um, we are not typically cheerleaders of traditional long-term care insurance. Um, and the reason for that is quite simple. Long-term care insurance, unless you are doing the absolute top tier Cadillac platinum coated plans with what they call a return or premium guarantee, which is expensive, are throwing money away if you never use them. Because in most cases with traditional long-term care plans, it's a use it or lose it scenario. I mean, you could put $4,000 a year into a long-term care plan for the next 20 years, uh, be whatever that would be, a lot. What is that, $80,000 deep into that thing and not use it, mm -hmm. and you basically throw the money away. Uh, so we do tend to bias towards uh, a choice and a, a, an option called universal life or indexed universal life which are typically life insurance policies but the interesting thing about them is that there are multiple companies today that offer this concept that will give us an accelerator on the death benefit if we have a chronic illness meaning we can't perform two of the six activities of daily living uh, i can speak to this uh, with you because I own one. I've owned one for just almost 10 years now. We're just coming up on 10 years of, uh, of me funding into this. 
Um, and I, I absolutely prefer that option myself. You've got multiple different options you can do there. Um, works the exact same way as a life insurance policy would, but it allows us to be able to access monies early if we need to for uh, health-related purposes. To us, that is the best value for your money simply because whatever benefit has been promised you in the beginning, you're going to get whether you're living or whether you're dead. All right, let me ask you a question uh, uh, ancillary to that, Sam. And uh, have you ever researched what percentage of people actually do need long ter- long-term care uh, in your experience? Yeah, most most of the time, we would say probably in the 25 to 30% of people really are going to use a long-term care policy extensively. Now, right. we, we know that probably 75% of us or so are going to have some sort of a long-term care uh, situation. Uh, or a need of some us. kind. Yeah, right? a need of some kind is going to arise. Uh, that's why we're also big proponents, Chuck, of not going real crazy with the amount of benefits that you put into one of these policies up front. I mean, you're not trying to cover every imaginable long-term expense that you could have. You're just trying to put a buffer in place mm-hmm. that will keep you from becoming destitute or keep you from just destroying your life savings yeah. uh, to pay for a long-term care event. So, uh, you know, prudence uh, is there. And I think that some reasonable thought and caution needs to go into play because you know most of you will not spend three or four hundred thousand dollars on long-term care in your lifetime. Some will, but most of you will not. So let's just put a buffer in place. Let's mm-hmm. just let's have a risk taken off of the table for you if it's reasonable and affordable and it fits your lifestyle. All right, let's go to Elizabeth now. Luke, uh, she's in Denmark, and uh, she's 60, scheduled to retire in 18 months, but she says, I'm stumped about taking Social Security as it relates to IRA withdrawals because my full retirement age is 67, and I always assumed that I'd take Social Security as soon as possible. Uh, my logic has been that by delaying or limiting withdrawals on my IRA, it would be uh, I'd uh, be able to continue to uh, grow and earn that money. So uh, am I way off? in this thinking hi elizabeth thanks for uh, writing in and also congratulations on 18 months out from retirement your line of thinking here is is probably the most common one where you're thinking if if i just take that social security early now i can um delay taking distributions from your iras your 401ks let those grow you're not paying any taxes on there but what most people want and what they're thinking about in retirement is is some different assumptions about you know how long they're going to live and so forth and what i think we find is that most people when they're going to take social security they're thinking well i'm only going to live till late 60s 70 years old and you really have to be realistic when you're making these assumptions to have an accurate sort of picture of you know, what might be best for you. So some other things to consider might be, you know, how much in the way of assets do you have? What's the current market condition today? Thinking about it in terms of just this. Social Security, we know, grows every single year that we don't take it by 7 to 8%. If you're not getting 7 to 8% in the way of a guaranteed return on your current IRA funds, might it make sense to take distributions from your retirement accounts, potentially pay lower amount in taxes on them. Also, lowering the amount of required distributions you're going to have when you're ultimately 72 in about 12 years. 
And now you're letting that social security check grow by seven to 8% every single year. So a little bit opposite of what's a common line of thinking. Um, but this is the type of thoughts and consideration that needs to go into your retirement because every single one of you out there that are listening right now are in a unique situation. You all don't have the same amount of money. You're not trying to accomplish the same things. And ultimately your goals, your purpose for that money needs to drive the decisions for your retirement. And that leads right into Purpose Determines Placement, which is the book that Sam has penned in its second printing. And uh, you can get a free copy of that, too, when you have that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review from Dual Financial Strategies. 866-203-7486 is the number. That is 866-203-7486, because it is your retirement. It's all about you, uh, whether you're in Green Bay, Appleton, or the environs thereof in the Fox Valley. Let Dual Financial Strategies, where they're over a score of years of experience help you with that retirement lifestyle review and remember it's at no cost no obligation 866-203-7486 well it's been a great show sam your final thoughts yeah really good show today lots of information hey we appreciate you joining in with us today and we hope that uh, that it was beneficial for you pick up that phone and give us a call will you no better time than the present start off 2023 uh seeking those goals let's get you on the right path get you pointed in the right direction so that your retirement is everything that you wanted it to be uh it's as simple as a phone call you can sit down with uh luke you can sit down with andy you can sit down with myself um bring your questions bring all of your your thoughts uh your concerns your joys towards retirement and let's start figuring out this puzzle together Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.